0: Welcome to the FHE Podcast, hosted by Amy
1: and Maddie. We are the Fruity Horny, Horny Exmos.
0: Hello. Hello. <laughs> I thought this episode would be best suited, started with a clink. So, show me. Clink. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. It's been a hell of a week.
1: Uh, yep. Yep.
0: But here we are. <laughs> <laughs> here we are again. Episode Four. Four.
1: Wow. And
0: today, we just kind of <laughs> want to give you a little update on kind of what our life has been the last little while. Let's see. Happy <laughs> uh, happy news or, or... Let's do the happy news first. Okay. Happy news is, earlier this week, Maddie and I found a kitten on the side of the road.
1: Yes, he's very cute. He's
0: very cute and fluffy, and he was essentially blind when we found him. His eyes were so crusted over. And we had stopped because we saw his mom, but she ran away. And then we heard him meowing from across the street. And it was very sad. It was so sad. He could not see. And I feel like that's the only reason I could grab him. And he was, he was malnourished and everything like that. So we took him to an urgent care. And actually one of the nurses said that they thought that his eyes were eaten out like by another animal. So and no, thank you. And we were Scary. like, um, "Okay," but like, then they weren't. Yeah, I was like, Can <laughs> "He you? does have eyes." Yeah, I was like, "Can you clean them off a little at least?" <laughs> and then when she brought him back,
1: big sure boom—he
0: had eyes. <laughs> and so he's
1: doing much better now.
0: Yep, we got him on. He's so cute. antibiotics and eye drops, and he's a he's a real interactive, oh, excited, yeah. a cutie, spastic kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah, yep. so that was the good news. It's been a little hectic with <laughs> him. Um, yep. We tentatively named him Gus, but he's living up to the name. Yeah, August, but Gus for short. Yep. So maybe we'll post some pictures of him in our inst- on our Instagram. Um, which, if you don't follow us on Instagram, you should. It's at fhe podcast. That's where we'll post more. Photos of us and kind of the topics that we talk about, things like cute Gus. Yeah. So, go follow us on there
1: <laughs> and updates about episodes. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Yep. So, what's the not so happy news? The not so happy news is <laughs> we have we have our first hater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Yes. One of my family members. Heard a clip and um, approached me and Amy Mm -hmm. and just said not to post those things um, because, you know, people could get angry and we could die. Yeah. Basically. They didn't want us to get shot. Yeah. Because because of what we were saying. Yeah. Because they love us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, love Maddie specifically. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, so that was kind of jarring. Yeah. It knocked me out for a solid 48 hours, it feels like. Yeah. It's same. only been 24, but... <laughs> it was not not great, and... Not great, but the good news is <laughs> we don't want to stop doing it. Yeah. We've already received some good feedback, mm-hmm. and, and it's been good for us as well. Yeah. So, we're going to keep doing it. Totally. Um, despite that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's
0: just, I think, inevitable, yeah. given the topics we're talking about, that... Yeah, people aren't gonna be happy about it, but those people have podcasts for, for them. themselves. They
1: have And these are not yeah, yeah, they a, have church. A, yeah like
0: they have a community and a big part of the church is you lose community mm-hmm. when, you, when leave you leave it. Yeah. So this is I think kind of our attempt to increase our community of like minded people. Yeah. So this podcast is for you. If you, you know, if anything we've said has resonated with you yeah then that's why you. we're doing it mm-hmm. it's not for <laughs> TBM, <laughs> yeah peeps you know mm-hmm. so anyway anyway that's, that's our it. not so happy news but <laughs> but we're back and <laughs> we're <laughs> recording <laughs> the next day <laughs> the next day because why the hell not this yeah. is our podcast and we're adults so yeah we're gonna do what we want exactly <laughs> so. <laughs> sorry
1: family yeah <laughs> but also why are you listening this isn't for you yeah anyway it's anyway. okay i'm feeling much better about it now it was a rough day yesterday Yeah, it was, <laughs> but now i'm doing better it was rough
0: but i think that's why this episode in particular deserves a clink it does because here we are <laughs> fighting for what we believe in yeah. and how we want to put information out into the world even if other people aren't happy with it.
1: Yeah. Also, that information is already in the world. so Yeah. And also,
0: we <laughs> could get shot just for being gay.
1: True. It's dangerous out there. Especially
0: in Utah. hmm So. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So that's a little update. Yes. From Amy and Maddie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Today, our topic is Brad Wilcox.
1: so uh, a gem
0: a gem if we ever heard of one (laughs) i feel like most i personally since i was not raised in utah i had never heard of brad wilcox until that fireside that like blew up, Mm -hmm. yeah and that was really the first time i had heard of him like i Mm -hmm. guess or was cognizant
1: of hearing of of him or words that he said he's pretty huge here yeah like i remember i'm pretty sure i've been to one of his firesides or like an Efy or something. Yeah, but yeah, he's he's a big deal here in Utah. Yeah, so and before before we get started, I do want to just say systems, not people. <laughs> We're calling out the system. Yeah, aka the church. Mm-hmm. So and Brad is a product of the church. So just wanna. Put that out there. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm
0: sure that he is a nice guy to the, the people in his life and he helps them. But I do think if you're going to be someone as outspoken as Brad Wilcox is, then you need to really, really be aware of the gravity of your words.
1: Yeah, definitely. And
0: he talks to so many youth. Yeah. In yeah, Utah he's, specifically. He's in the
1: Young Men's Presidency. Mm-hmm. As of, I think, 2021. Yeah. So he needs, if he's going to put himself yeah. in these positions, then he has to also be open to hearing feedback and critique. Yeah. He, and he's also a BYU professor as well. Yeah. So anyway. Anyway. That's so, what we're talking about today. Yeah.
0: We're going to talk about, specifically about Brad Wilcox's obsession, fascination, whatever the hell you'd call it. <laughs> so, if you don't know, Brad Wilcox teaches what they call maturation in schools, in Utah schools. Yeah. He has no credentials. He's no not health background. He's never worked in the health field. He likes to give these maturation talks, I think specifically
1: to boys. Yeah, his in, focus is on the boys. Mhm. And then the girls typically get like an actual nurse, nurse, which
0: thank God for that. But
1: yeah, (laughs) yeah. So
0: the boys get Brad Wilcox and he really likes to phrase this particular topic within the confines of LDS guidelines, expectations, whatever. So not too long ago, Brad Wilcox was the subject of a Fox 13 news article here in Salt Lake. So I'm gonna read a little, a couple snippets from that, and just kind of see. This is like what the news, like the media
1: in Utah, is saying about it. Yeah, Fox 13 covered Brad Wilcox. So That's and his, yeah, and his maturation lectures in schools. Mm-hmm. So let's see what they have to say.
0: Brad Wilcox does what he calls maturation clinics at schools. So essentially, that's his way of saying he'll be teaching a room full of fifth or sixth grade boys and attending parents about puberty. So it should be noted that Brad Wilcox, like Maddie said, is an associate BYU professor, but he's a professor in the Department of Ancient Scripture. So, LOL, not really the same. Basically, he's been giving these lectures for about 35 years including in public schools, even though he has no background in health between that and his prominence in the church that has put some parents and taxpayers at unease per the article by Fox 13. <laughs> so yeah, makes sense. <laughs> yeah. A couple of past graduates from that from the Granite school district have said that, that children should be taught by a qualified health professional and that he, that Brad Wilcox is banking on the kind of moral authority that he has in the community and, and this person said, I'd prefer to judge someone by their actual education and experience.
1: Yep. Not just because you're, you know, cool in the church. Not everyone's a member. Yeah. So, And
0: I will say there's some people that have said, like, the issue isn't really so much him teaching it. That's some of the parents. It's really just the separation of church and state is more the issue Mm -hmm. that some people have. Yeah. He's talking about basic biology. So it's definitely not to say that, you know, he can't talk about the birds and the beans. Yeah. Right. That's not what we're saying. But having someone that's so high up in the church
1: teaching these things is... Concerning, I would say. Yeah. No, it's it's inappropriate. Yeah. And just weird. (laughs) <laughs> like why
0: yeah so why is he
1: known for that you know
0: <laughs> honestly why why is that like his thing yeah that's what's strange
1: to i me. feel like it's his grace talk it's really famous have you heard that one
0: no i don't really know
1: much about brad wilcox okay yeah he has like he's like known for this talk about grace that he gave and then it's like yeah teaching about puberty those are like his things you know yikes okay (laughs) per the fox 13 news
0: article brad wilcox said that he gave his first maturation lecture in 1986 where he taught sixth graders at edgemont elementary in provo brad wilcox said in a 2018 interview with a podcast called thriving with eight he said that he was unimpressed with the presenter who gave the puberty talk at the school and then when he complained to the principal he was given the task so that's Mm -hmm. literally it that's how it started
1: yeah, the principal was just like, "Oh, okay, then I'm sure you could do it better." Here you go, and yep. he's been doing it ever since all over Utah. Yep. And after that happened, he went
0: and got a doctorate in instruction of reading and language arts. So, so that's what
1: his degree is in. Yeah, <laughs> and ancient scripture.
0: <laughs> yep. Yeah, he's not he's not a health professional. And the thing is, is obviously we will talk about sex on this podcast, but we are never going to portray it as. We're experts. We're experts. (laughs) We're not. We're coming from our own experience. Within the church, sex has such guilt and shame associated with it. And that is so, so damaging to the children in the church, to the people that are involved in it. Yeah. That I understand to a point. I understand to a point where they're coming from of like, it's dangerous. But as someone who was never given the talk... (laughs) <laughs> and just told it's wrong it's bad don't do it i did so much worse <laughs> than i could have just done as a normal kid if someone had just talked to me yeah. in like a good way mm-hmm. but not in a
1: yeah not, not in a in shaming in, way not in how
0: Brad cox yeah. is doing it but
1: there yeah there is a healthy way to talk about these issues with children and with your teens That does not shame them because it is a normal thing. Yeah. And the best way to do that is to talk to a health professional. Yes. Also, I don't think that... I'm not sure if he's like talking about sex in his maturation clinics. I think it's mostly just about like changes in boys' bodies. Yeah. It's mostly the
0: puberty talk, essentially, yeah, for boys. In 2000, the year 2000, he wrote a book called Growing Up, Gospel Answers About Maturation and Sex. His book is kind of the main point of today's podcast is I saw a thread on Twitter not too long ago, I think around the same time. It was
1: after his talk in February. Yeah, it was after that. That like blew up. (laughs) (laughs)
0: And someone had found the book and like posted snippets of what he said in it. So I... Unfortunately, read through this book. <laughs> Thankfully, I found a free copy online, so I did not pay for it. And I read through it. So today's majority of the majority of today's topic will be reading some
1: specific <laughs> <laughs> passages from this book. Can't wait. Mm-hmm. Excited. Mm-hmm. Also, I just wanted to say I love that like secular media is covering an issue like this that cracks me up agreed (laughs) let's get into the book it's called growing up what is it
0: it's called growing up gospel answers about maturation and sex Mm, yeah see gospel answers that's Mm -hmm. what i don't love yep so first i just want to quickly read the kind of the overall trajectory of the book so the contents in this book there are 12 chapters it starts with a word to the parents and a word to the young people then it talks about conception prenatal development and birth keys to emotional social intellectual and spiritual growth physical growth then chapter four is about boys chapter five is about girls six is love marriage and sex then the law of chastity Controlling Unworthy Thoughts, Masturbation, Pornography, <laughs> Sexual Harassment, and the last chapter is Sexual Abuse and Molestation. Cool. So it's only like 130 pages roughly, but that's just enough <laughs> to piss me <laughs> off. <laughs> so and it's so cringy. It really is cringy. <laughs> so I will say, so the foreword of this book is written by an actual doctor. His name is Thomas E. Myers. He's an MD. He's friends with Brad. Of course. And he wrote the foreword to this book. So I'm going to read just a little snippet of his foreword. Many books describe sex as nothing more than a biological urge to be satisfied. Masturbation is considered okay, even healthy. Homosexuality is presented as an acceptable lifestyle. Teenagers are told that sex before marriage is all right as long as the partners really care about each other. Some books that attempt to offer values based advice to young readers suggest only that those who engage in sexual activities be, quote unquote, safe and responsible. Such advice is wrong and is not compatible with our Heavenly Father's plan for our happiness. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> he goes on to say this book focuses on the facts of life from an LDS perspective. Its author, Brad Wilcox, is uniquely qualified to do just that. Is he? Is he? <laughs> Brad is an associate professor of education at Brigham Young University. Before that, he taught sixth grade for three years, and he put in parentheses, one of my sons was in his class. That's when he he began teaching a boys maturation clinic for his school district, something he continues to do in schools throughout Utah. This has given him frontline experience responding to questions that come from boys and their parents.
1: Okay. <laughs>
0: and at the end of his foreword, Myers says, As a medical doctor, I have reviewed the manuscript and found it to be accurate and informative. Something I will say about this book is the first I'd say half, maybe even more, is actually accurate information. That's good. So when he talks about, you know, how the sperm and the e- the egg, the ova, the fallopian tubes, all that, everything he talks about in regards to the biological standpoint of sex was accurate.
1: All right, that's good. Point one point. One point
0: for him. But <laughs> there's going to be a lot of negative negative points. points for him. So, I don't think it's going to bounce out. So, it should be noted that his wife is also a registered nurse. So, she also helped him kind of with the biological standpoint. Our issue is not with that. That is good. It's good information to tell them how bodies work and like how puberty works and stuff like that. That part's fine. However, it's the other parts of this book that we'll be reading and talking about that we have issues with. So (laughs) buckle up folks. Yep. Again, this is from the perspective of ex Mormon women (laughs) and if we get anything wrong or you disagree with it, I'd love to hear it, but you're not going to change our minds. We have both been deeply affected by sex and shame in the church and outside of the church, frankly, mm-hmm. by church members. Yeah. So I'd love to have, you know, a debate with people if they are willing to understand our perspective because we've lived the other perspective. Yeah.
1: We know how the other side feels. Yeah. And it's not great. It's not. <laughs> and it kind of sucks. So, <laughs> Anyway, so
0: I don't have a ton of snippets from the first part of the book, just because, like I said, it's, it's pretty accurate. accurate. It's pretty biologically accurate. One of the few things I pulled from the conception, development, and birth chapter was it says, in the beginning is the is the title of this little section. It says, some people say life begins at birth. Others say life begins when we first move inside our mother's. Still others claim life starts at contraception when a man's sperm cell meets a woman's egg cell. They're all wrong. Life began long before any of these events in the premortal existence.
1: Oh. oh. Okay.
0: Okay, let's uh, keep going. <laughs> so I found... Mostly things that are cringy, things that are inaccurate or harmful. One of the first, I mean, that was pretty cringy, the pre-moral existence. Yeah. Anyway, but this was particularly cringy. So first off, there's illustrations in this book that are so fucking weird. (laughs) I believe it. And kind of, just kind of creepy. But this section is called The BTC. And it says, you've heard of the MTC, Missionary Training Center. Well, we could call your last few months inside your mom your BTC, Birth Training Center. Ew. Ew. Why? It says, it was a time for you to acquire additional strength, health, and immunity to disease. Babies can be born early and survive just as missionaries can go directly to their missions and perhaps survive without training. The MTC, though, sure makes the transition easier. It's the same with the BTC.
1: Okay. Why did you have to frame it like that? Yeah, that's so weird. I just don't... I just don't understand having to compare any of everything (laughs) to aspects of the church. Yeah. I just don't understand that specifically.
0: Yeah. So in the book, he talks about the key to social growth and he mentions respect. He says, it doesn't matter if you are white and someone else is brown, black, green, purple, or striped. It doesn't matter if you're a Latter-day Saint. And someone else belongs to another religion. It doesn't matter if you like volleyball and soccer and someone else likes singing, dancing, or playing the piano. It doesn't matter if you are young and someone else is old. We respect differences. Great. That's good. Just keep that in mind. <laughs> Let's, he, he just said, we respect differences. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, that another point. Great. Although I don't, I don't particularly like when people use like, I don't care if you're purple or black oh or, gosh, yeah. like, or orange. Yeah, <laughs> like okay, we get it. Yeah, but also, it's essential to me. That's essentially we don't see color. Yeah, but that's, that's all lives matter shit. Yeah,
1: to me, <laughs> it is because color is important yeah. to talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the that's the point. Yeah, because. It's not equal. Anyway, I'm a future social worker, so I could go on about that for a long time. As (laughs) you should, babe.
0: So uh, the last thing it says about the respect thing is people like being around those who make them feel better. When you respect others, you help them feel important and included. They will like being with you and your social world will grow. Great. Cool. But again... (laughs) Keep this part in mind as we continue because that is not the case. The next part is from the chapter called Physical Growth. And this section is called Modesty. Oh, boy. So it says, Another way we can thank Heavenly Father for the gift of our bodies is by being modest and avoiding tight-fitting or revealing clothing and extremes in dress and appearance. Hmm, I wonder who they're talking about. I don't know. Couldn't be be men. No. Because they
1: never talk about that shit with them. No, they don't. It's only with women. Cool. Yeah,
0: so it says, yeah, it says, the body is beautiful, but there are certain parts of the body that should be special and private. In the First Strength of Youth, the First Presidency teaches that wearing immodest bathing suits and clothing sends a strong message that you are using your body to get attention and approval. I have no words. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Such attention and approval is short-lived and not the kind that builds true self-worth or prepares you for a strong and healthy marriage. We should dress the first thing others notice about us is our face. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't like, if you dress this way, you're clearly wanting attention. yeah. Or it could just be comfortable or it could just be hot as fuck outside. Yeah.
1: That's why I wear Mm -hmm. things. Same. And also I just, who cares? Yeah. Who cares? you can see my shoulders, who cares? (laughs) Honestly. And it's just, if it makes you feel good.
0: Then wear it. That's what matters. Not what other people think because regardless of, uh, regardless of what they think. You could wear anything and they could have a problem with it. Exactly. So why not wear what you want? Yeah. So I just didn't like that part that it's like clearly sending a strong message that you're using the, your body to get attention and approval. I was like, cool. Yeah, that's not great. The next section is from the About Boys chapter. It says, broadened shoulders, barreled chest. Ew. Yeah. I hate <laughs> that phrase. specifically. <laughs> he has a lot of really, really cringy like section titles yeah um he like there's one that was like zits are the pits and i was like ew, ew. fuck off <laughs> honestly like <laughs> relax i know it's 2000 but there's no excuse to be that fucking cringy <laughs> like god okay i don't know if i read that as a sixth grader i would be like this guy doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about like yeah. okay yeah, he's no, trying too
1: hard yeah he is trying too hard i feel like he tries to be funny oh yeah in he in does that way. and it It doesn't really So,
0: Anyway, so this, um, this part says, when a boy's arms and legs are growing, his shoulders begin to broaden and his chest begins to barrel out. It is also natural for a boy's breast to swell a bit and his nipples to stick out. The areola or colored circle of skin around the nipple will get darker and wider. When that happens, a boy may panic and think, oh, great, I'm turning into a girl. Cool. Oh, no. Oh, no. God forbid. I mean, I can see why... Boys in the church would not want to be women because we're treated like shit. Mm -hmm. So I get that. Yeah. Yeah. He says, no need to worry. (laughs) Some breast swelling is normal for a boy. (laughs) I just didn't like specifically again. Yeah. Because turning,
1: because because being a girl is the worst. Mm -hmm. You could just say that's
0: normal. Yeah. That's literally, you didn't have to say that part. Yeah. What you said other than that was fine. Yeah.
1: But it is normal.
0: That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You could have just said, it'll get darker and whiter, no need to worry, it's normal. You didn't have to put in a boy may panic and think, oh great, I'm turning into a girl. This is also in the About Boys chapter, and it's talking about nocturnal emissions, a.k.a. wet dreams. Ew. I know that medically, I think it actually is called nocturnal emissions, it but still God, knows. ew. Those, yeah, those two words together. Cringy. Oh, I hate it. That's Ew. the theme of today is fucking cringy. <laughs> I'm going to just honestly read this verbatim because <laughs> it's wild. But okay, let's hear it. Um, okay, so nocturnal emissions are sometimes called wet dreams, wet because the boy's bed or underwear may become maybe slightly wet from the semen that has been ejaculated and dream because it happens during sleep. Some boys wake up. Others do not notice anything has happened until morning. Either way, wet dreams are a normal part of growing up and becoming a man. They are nothing to be ashamed of. When they happen, a boy should think, good, I'm normal. My body works. That's good. That is good. I'm normal. Yes, I'm normal. But also, I feel like they should maybe talk about, what if that doesn't happen? True. Because then... The flip side. The flip side is, that's not, not happening normal. to me. I'm not normal. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, he uses that phrase a lot. Good, I'm normal. My body works. Which... I can appreciate, but it also does not... It, isn't, it is more exclusive. It's not inclusive of people who might not have that happen. And again, could be harmful. So then he goes on to say, then the boy should change his underwear and sheets. If his mom wonders why he's changing his sheets, the boy can simply say, last night I had a wet dream. Parents know what you were talking about, but it's not something to announce at the breakfast table or at school. It's a private thing between you and your parents.
1: Your parents. Yeah, ew. It's a private thing between you and your bed, really. Yeah. And also, if your mom is wondering, yeah, maybe you can sh- just tell her. Yeah,
0: I was like, maybe you could just change your sheets because you need to change them for one. Yeah. There's nothing to be ashamed about. But also, like, announcing, like, I had a wet dream. <laughs> like, that's so weird. That's weird. He goes on to say, some boys feel bad because they remember having a sexy dream during their nocturnal emission. But they can no more control their dreams than they control the constriction of their pupils when someone shines a flashlight in their eyes. Thus, they cannot be held accountable for dreams and should not feel bad about them. It's okay to ha- leave such dreams behind and begin the day in peace. Remember, however, that we were responsible for our thoughts while we we're awake. Yes. <laughs> and. <laughs> you know. Yes, but. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, that's what, he, that's what he said about nocturnal emissions then he talks about erections so he basically said that like erections don't have to only happen when you're turned on when something's sexy whatever they can happen when you're nervous when you're embarrassed When you feel fearful or excitement. It can even happen when a boy's bladder is full and he needs to go to the bathroom. I can't really speak about erections because I don't have a penis. Um, (laughs) But And neither do I. Yep. (laughs) So, again, he says, Erections sometimes happen for no particular reason at all. When they happen, the best thing for a boy to do is think, Good, I'm normal, my body works. Then he can focus on something else and let his body take care of itself. Oh, yeah. Okay, then he says, About a a boy's penis. Sometimes a boy might worry that his penis is too small. When penises (laughs) are soft, they vary in length and size. However, no matter how long or short a penis is, when it is relaxed, the erections of adult men are approximately the same size. And he says six to seven inches. (laughs) Understand that the size of a man's (laughs) penis doesn't affect how it functions. First of all, that's above average. Seven is (laughs) above average. (laughs) I'm pretty sure five is the average.
1: Yeah. Who knows? I don't know. Nor do I care. No offense.
0: (laughs) No. Male listeners.
1: In my lifetime, I've seen many a
0: penis. (laughs) And (laughs) let me tell you, seven is reaching for the stars for a lot of them. Yeah. I don't
1: think I ever experienced that. In real life or ever. In real life or ever. Oh.
0: I have both times. (laughs) Both both ways. (laughs) I've seen a lot of penises, but I'm gay that's the thing you can't say that i didn't try
1: (laughs) that's true yeah also to be fair i did block out a lot of those experiences i'm happy for you that i had so i don't know
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's good I'm happy for that. <laughs> After he says that about the sizing of penises, though, he says, it's normal to feel embarrassed when people talk about the functions of our bodies. However, it's important to remember that our bodies are not dirty or nasty, evil or bad. They are God given. Private does not necessarily mean secret or sinful. Okay. So Yeah, that's good. Yeah. A good It's it's sprinkled um, in mm-hmm. with some good things, but there's more bad. <laughs> the next section is from the About Girls chapter. Oh boy. Oh girl. oh, girl. That's what I was <laughs> going to say. So this section is called menstrual hygiene.
1: Okay. Let's hear what
0: Brad <laughs> has to say about this. So he says menstruation does not need to stop a girl from showering, swimming, running, or participating in any activity she wishes. Okay. I mean, why would you not shower? Yeah. <laughs> that feels weird.
1: Yeah. I feel like I shower more. Yeah. Because <laughs> so you're bleeding anything. out
0: of your vagina. <laughs> so anyway, she just needs to protect
1: herself from embarrassment. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. So it's it's my job mm-hmm. to make you comfortable. It's not my
0: fault that the <laughs> uterine lining is ripping itself out of my uterus. Exactly. So,
1: how about you fuck off? Yeah. So I can prepare to have your child. You're welcome. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, but I just don't like how it's how that's phrased. Yeah. That she
1: can she can do anything, but she just shouldn't be embarrassed. Yeah. Like she needs needs to protect herself from being embarrassed. Oh yeah. Protect herself. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. So weird wording there.
0: So then he talks about at a drugstore or supermarket, parents can help their daughters buy sanitary napkins or pads. Also, I hate the phrase sanitary Sanitary napkins. napkins." I know. I hate that too. Why? Yeah. Just call it a fucking tampon or pad. I know.
1: Sanitary napkin.
0: Yeah. God. A napkin. That's
1: not Ah. where napkins
0: go. (laughs) Definitely not. Don't put napkins up your fucking hoo-ha. You know what I mean? (laughs) Anyway, so it says, let's see. They can buy sanitary napkins or pads that can be worn inside their underwear to absorb the menstrual flow. The pads come with an adhesive on one side so they stay in place. A girl wearing a pad may feel self-conscious, especially the first few times. However,
1: no one else can tell she's wearing a pad. Oh, thank God. Oh, my God. The embarrassment. Thank, thank you, Brad, for telling me that. Mm-hmm. For mansplaining periods to me. hmm <laughs> Yep.
0: He talks about what to do if the products are used. So he says, use pads should be wrapped in toilet paper and placed in the trash or in a container for used sanitary napkins. <sighs> so just shivered thinking of sanitary napkins. Yeah. God. I hate that. He says, do not try to flush them down the toilet because they can clog the plumbing. Tampons, on the other hand, may be flushed down the toilet after they are used. Um. Do not flush your tampons <laughs>
1: down the toilet. Yeah, that is incorrect.
0: Yeah. I mean, this was 2000, but that should never have been a thing that people yeah. were told because then that fucked the plumbing up in every fucking building in the world <laughs> because people were flushing their fucking tampons and now they're like having to be explicit and do not flush your tampons. Yeah,
1: don't do it. Yeah. So. And again, not qualified to talk about mm-hmm. menstruation, Mm-hmm. buddy. Yep.
0: <laughs> so there's that. Then he talks about cramps. He said that, you know, some girls get mild to moderate cramps in their abdomens when they menstruate or during the week before. Cramps are perfectly normal and do not usually last long, but they can be uncomfortable. He goes on to say exercise may help. A girl can lie flat on the floor as if she were going to do a push-up. Then she can push her head and shoulders off the floor and arch her back without lifting her abdomen. Another exercise a girl can try begins with her laying on her side. She then brings her knees to her chest, points her chin down, and tries to touch her chin to her knees. Another exercise that seems to help is for the girl to lie flat on the floor, face down, then she bends her knees and lifts her feet. Next, she stretches her arms behind her and grabs her ankles. As she gently rocks back and forth, she may find some relief from cramps. The last
1: thing I want to
0: do when I'm
1: having cramps is that th- is that. Yeah, any, any part of that.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like no if, thank if you haven't experienced cramps, <laughs> again, to remind any of our male <laughs> or uneducated listeners about the menstrual cycle the reason you have cramps is because your uterine lining is ripping itself (laughs) out of your uterus (laughs) okay it's it's painful it hurts (laughs) a shit ton when i have had periods which i have pcos so they're very 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 infrequent yeah and when i do have them it literally feels like i have to go to the hospital because of how bad my cramps are Do you think I want to get on the goddamn floor (laughs) and, like... Do some weird stretches? Lay on my stomach, grab my ankles, and rock back and
1: forth like a fucking rocking horse? No. no. I'm going to take some meds. Yeah, like some (laughs) Midal, not sponsored. And, um, yeah. (laughs) And lay in my bed. Yeah. heat A heating pad. Yes. Stuff like that. But exercise? Yeah, no. That's the last thing I want to do. And I cannot believe that a doctor fucking...
0: Read this book and said, this is accurate. Oh, this is
1: good. Yep. Signed off on it, men, indeed. Then he starts talking about sex. Okay. Yikes.
0: So he says, sometimes people use the word sex to describe what you are, either male or female. So again, gender binary. Cool. But usually the word is used to describe certain acts, feelings, and experiences. After a man and a woman marry, they have God's permission to have children.
1: <laughs> I don't know why, but God's permission
0: <laughs> yeah, just really rubs me the wrong yeah, way.
1: Yeah, I don't love that. Have kids if you want to. <laughs> don't
0: have them if you don't want to. Exactly. That's it. The process of creating children or procreation brings the husband and wife closer than they ever could be in any other way. As an expression of their unity, feelings, commitment, and love, they talk, hold hands, hug, and kiss just as they did before they were married. But they also lie down together and stroke and touch each other Ew. in sexual places.
1: Ew. Ew. Disgusting. <laughs> yeah. <that's> Don't see. <laughs> the way he. The li- way. They lie. What is it? They, they,
0: they lie down together and stroke and touch each other in sexual places. Ew. That's. Disgusting. Yeah. And then he yeah. says these special expressions of affection are sacred and should never be shared outside of marriage. Whoops. <laughs> yep. And then he talks about sexual intercourse. And he says, a husband's body and a wife's body are made so they fit together. Just as a married man and woman are to be one spiritually, their bodies are made so they can, be made, they can be one physically through the process of sexual intercourse. Sexual intercourse occurs when the husband puts his erect penis into his wife's vagina. Sexual intercourse results in a nice feeling known as sexual climax or orgasm. These moments of sexual closeness celebrate an emotional and spiritual bond that can draw a husband and wife closer to each other. Spiritual? And closer
1: to God. And um, it said emotional and spiritual bond? Mm -hmm. Closer to God. To them, to each other, and to God. Hmm. Listen, I don't want God in my my business.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't want God in
1: my bed. He's no. already
0: watching. <laughs> Supposedly. Supposedly. Like, Hello? <laughs> okay, voyeur king. am I right? But I just don't like, again, that sex is limited to penetrative sex. Yeah. And just procreation as yeah. well. Yeah. Sex can be a lot of things. It doesn't have to just be penetration. I feel like that's a big reason why people are like, well, how can gay people
1: have sex? <laughs> yeah. I've had... At least one person asked me that. I've had a few people, even before yeah. I knew I was gay, mm-hmm. I had people ask me that and I'd have to
0: explain it to them. Sex doesn't just have to be the P and the V, you know yeah. what I mean? It can be whatever makes you feel good, makes whatever. you feel that way, Yeah, that's consensual between you and your partner, mm-hmm. or just yourself. Yeah, we love that. Okay, so this section is in the Law of Chastity chapter. Mm, fun. And it's titled Homosexuality and Prostitution. How are those the same? Let's find out. <laughs> According to Brad Wilcox. <laughs> so he says, Homosexuality or homosexual behavior occurs when two people of the same sex choose to engage in sexual activity. In other words, men having sex with men and women having sex with women. What's up? What up? <laughs> um, male homosexuals are called gay. Female homosexuals are called lesbians. That's fucking right, Brad. put respect on my goddamn name (laughs) that's fucking right (laughs) the world would try to convince us that people who engage in homosexual relations are normal and healthy that there is nothing wrong with what they are doing they are wrong homosexuality goes against god's teachings and plan in the pearl of great price we read therefore shall a man cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh it's Abraham 5.18. Wow. The Bible says, neither is the man without the woman, neither the woman without the man in the Lord. That's First 1 Corinthians 11.11. 11. Do not make a wish on that one. Um, <laughs> and then in the same section, he start, starts to talk about prostitution. And he says, prostitution occurs when a man, woman, boy, or girl does sexual things with another person in exchange for money.
1: Hmm. Boy or girl? Boy or girl? Yeah, that would be abuse.
0: Yeah, that is like <laughs> sex trafficking, not, child trafficking, shit like that. Not prostitution. That's not pro. Yeah, the kids aren't willingly doing that. Yeah. Yikes. If they're a child, they are not old enough. So I don't cool. like that he put boy or girl. Yeah, and also just homosexuality, prostitution in the same... Breath. Oh, no. And then he goes on to say prostitution and homosexuality are serious sins. As with adultery and fornication, members of the church who become involved with such activities break covenants and are subject to church discipline. Forgiveness is possible, but sinners must sincerely repent and seek the blessings of Christ's atonement in their lives. They must work closely with their bishops in this process.
1: Okay. (laughs) But we respect other people's differences. Yes, we do. How do you... The mental gymnastics... (laughs) i know when he talks about how to control unworthy
0: thoughts can you guess what answers he gives let's see read your scriptures or pray Mm -hmm. those are my guesses yeah he says praying reading scriptures in the new era attending (laughs) church meetings being with family and friends who help us be our best from personal experience that didn't help me so same He says, celebrate private victories. When you mow the lawn or do homework, people say wonderful. When you get an award, everyone says excellent. But what happens when you control your thoughts? Do your parents say, sweetheart, we are so proud of you for controlling those R-rated ideas that are running around in your brain? No way. Nor is there space on your school report card for an A-plus in thought control. Yikes. <laughs> Yep. So he says when you cast out an improper thought, no one really knows except you and God. So it's up to the two of you to bask in your spiritual victory. <laughs> and then and then he talks about he gives an example of, he says, once I was waiting for a plane in an airport in Southern California. I was just sitting there writing in my journal when suddenly a man came over, sat down right next to me and proceeded to unfold a magazine in plain view. And it was not the end sign. (laughs) I buried my head in my journal. My writing started looking shaky. The sentences were going all over the place, but I just kept writing I will not look up. I will not even think about looking up. I will absolutely definitely not look up. And so he says, now I open my journal to that particular page with lots of laughs and a great deal of personal pride. It was a victory, a private victory, but nonetheless a victory I celebrated as if my school had just won a state championship because those two things are the same mm-hmm. rolling my eyes <laughs> yeah like Jesus Christ <laughs> <laughs> like treat yourself for not thinking about sex yeah cool. which
1: is a normal healthy thing yep to
0: do <sighs> another section he just talks about if you need help controlling your thoughts ask for a blessing from your father or other priesthood holder no No. Just no. Oh, and then... Okay, so then he's talking about... The section's called Think It Through to to the End. And he's like, you know, if you... I'm going to paraphrase here. He basically says, if you try so hard to not think about something, but that's not helping, then think about it, but think about every step after it happens. So if you have sex or you masturbate or whatever, think about what happens after. He says, if I... Take time to analyze each detail of an improper desire or a passionate fantasy. I must also take time to think of the painful consequences that will follow if I act out that fantasy with someone. I must picture having to look myself in the mirror with shame and regret. I must think about having to confess my unworthiness to parents and a bishop. Further, I must think 30 years down the road of taking my children to Temple Square and there perhaps running into the person with whom I committed sexual sin. Oh my God. How would I feel upon introducing my children to this person and upon being, and upon being reminded of my bad choice so many years later? Sorry. That's so specific. Did yeah. that happen to you, Brad? Yeah. That's what I want to know. <laughs> Yeah, and and then he just compares it to, like, everyone loves fireworks on the 4th of July, but few consider that the 5th of July, some t- someone has to clean up
1: that mess. Yeah. Also, confess to your parents, I never did that. <laughs>
0: oh, no, my parents did not know one goddamn thing I did when I was... <laughs> my parents didn't know when I had my first kiss, when I did a lot of other things. <laughs> I will say, I had my first kiss at 9, <laughs> That's absurd. Yeah. That's way too fucking young. I had seven older siblings. They all dated and stuff when I was younger. <laughs> My parents did not talk to me about sex. It was yep. not a safe place for me to ask questions. Which is why it's important to have these conversations. Absolutely. I think I still would have been so curious, but I don't think I would have put myself in as many dangerous situations <laughs> as I did when I was a kid. Yeah. When I was a fucking minor. So, yeah, cool, cool, cool. But I just don't like that you have to look at yourself with shame and regret and guilt, and then you have to confess to your parents and a bishop, and then you have to think about what if you ran into that person in Temple years. Square with your kids and you had to introduce them? How about you, if, if that happened, just don't introduce them? Yeah, and don't, like, you don't have to say, oh, we had sex before marriage. Yeah. Like, that's weird. That's yeah. a weird example. It is. It's just so specific and weird. then again this is still all in controlling unworthy thoughts he talks about keeping perspective and he says many of the thoughts referred to as bad will someday in the right place at the right time with the right person be very good remember passions are not meant to be eliminated from our lives forever they're simply meant to be bridled appetites are not to be removed but to be regulated that's gonna (laughs) we're gonna talk about what is called good girl syndrome yes at some point um, future episode yeah in a future episode which is basically what he just described that your entire adolescence your formative years you were told x y and z is wrong it's bad do not do it feel guilt feel shame <laughs> you you hear
1: that for at least over a decade yeah and then suddenly you get married and it's fine yeah and now you can do all those things that no one ever told you about and the the mental emotional physical whiplash is disorienting
0: and traumatizing yeah so not great no and it's sad honestly it is sad I've heard so many sad stories about it honestly. yeah me too okay then about masturbation um he says the world views the practice of masturbation as a harmless natural sexual outlet that is a normal part of growing up accurate yeah that is true it is a normal part of growing up <laughs> that's that's great Then he says, the truth is that for young men, nocturnal emissions and the dreams that accompany them provide a natural release for the body. When the body requires such a release, it happens naturally without stimulation. And while there is no evidence that masturbation causes impotence, pimples, or (laughs) mental illness, or that it interferes with physical growth or normal development, there is evidence that this practice carries with it serious emotional and spiritual consequences. So, it won't
1: actually... (laughs) negatively affect you physically in any way. Yeah. But
0: the, emotionally um, and spiritually.
1: Yeah. As in the shame and guilt yeah. that you're gonna feel mm-hmm. if you do these things. Yep. Exactly. That yeah, that's like forced upon you mm-hmm. from the church. Those yep. are the consequences. That's the consequence.
0: And then he also calls masturbation selfish that <laughs> the Lord implanted the physical magnetism. Well, sorry. President Kimball, Spencer W. Kimball said. Mm. The Lord implanted the physical magnetism between the sexes for two reasons, for the propagation of the human race and for the expression of that kind of love between man and wife that makes for a true oneness. And that masturbation fills neither purpose. It does not allow for procreation. And the only love involved is strictly self-love. Okay. (laughs) Those who masturbate learn to think of sex as something they get rather than something they give a selfish view that could have negative effects in their marriage.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm just like, what's wrong? What's wrong with self-love? Yeah, I feel like those two words that has a positive Uh message there. But they (laughs) have it as you're being selfish. Yeah. And I also
0: he also put something he says that masturbation can become a strong habit. And he says, yeah,
1: right.
0: We'll have a future episode about that as well. Really will. He says the difference between being in control of yourself and being controlled by an undesirable habit is the difference between freedom and slavery.
1: Strong words there, Brad. <laughs> yep.
0: I know <laughs> that's not the same thing. No, it's not at all. Okay. Then he talks about there, he, his masturbation chapter is really long. He talks about this section's called more serious problems and it says masturbation and the fantasies that are often associated with it can lead to other sins. And, President Kimball specifically warned against such things as exhibitionism, showing our private parts to others, petting, making out and touching someone's private parts before marriage, fornication and homosexual practices. Oh, perfect. We're back. We're back. Back in the light. (laughs) Spencer. If you masturbate, you could be gay. That's basically what they're saying. (laughs) Gasp. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Okay. (laughs) Absolutely not true. And then he says, aside from such sexual problems, masturbation opens the door to dishonesty or rationalization, trying to convince ourselves that what we're doing isn't wrong after all. Because it's not. (laughs) Yep, that is a rational line of thinking. You're right, Brad. And then he says, because of the embarrassment or fear, some church members lie during priesthood interviews, indicating that things are all right when they are
1: not. I lied. I did too. I lied all the time (laughs) in my priesthood interviews. Yeah, and the few times when I didn't was traumatizing Mm -hmm. and dehumanizing yeah yeah and i don't like having to tell an old white man about those things yep not great
0: we are almost at the end
1: (laughs) i will say that so he talks about
0: sexual harassment he kind of talks about no touching pinching or hitting another person's body anywhere that would be covered by a swimsuit Or about, how about just, no, just don't touch people without their consent.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) No teasing girls because of the size of their breasts or boys because of the size of their penises. No, yeah. (laughs) Okay. No teasing about whether pubic hair is growing. No teasing about whether boys are circumcised. No teasing about whether girls are wearing bras and no flipping bra straps.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No displaying of
0: your private parts to others, no displaying of pornography in any form to others. I'm I can get on board good. with a good amount of this list. However, he mostly talks about sexual harassment being a legal issue, saying, yeah. You know, he gave an example of a boy mooning his class. And he was <laughs> he thought it was funny and haha,
1: but he had to, you know, deal with legal consequences. So, yeah, don't do things like that because of the legal aspect instead of just like you know talking about consent perhaps (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah he talks
0: about another example he gives is in high school a boy was called queer faggot and homo by classmates who spit on him and pushed him down in the halls a few boys even urinated on the young man because he claimed to be a homosexual According to the newspapers, everyone, including adults, thought the whole situation was not that serious. They brushed it off as a typical case of boys will be boys. The laughing stopped when the boys sued and a jury decided that those responsible for the sexual harassment had to pay big bucks in damages.
1: Yeah, interesting how that's the only, the only reason why you shouldn't do those things. Yeah, he,
0: he does say, however, fear of being sued is not the only reason to refrain from sexual harassment. It is just wrong, but that's all he
1: says so just yeah like he one mostly sentence. talks about the legal consequences yeah. yeah of being mean to people yeah <laughs> being a piece of shit <laughs> honestly
0: okay now we're in the last section the last or sorry we're in the last chapter sexual abuse and molestation he talks about rape and it's three sentences and it says one form of sexual abuse is called rape correct <laughs> it involves forcing someone to have sex correct It usually happens to girls when a man makes them do sexual sexual things they do not want to do. Incorrect. Incorrect. Men can get raped too. Yeah. It happens. Non-binary people can get raped. Transgender people can get raped. Mm -hmm. Literally anyone can get raped. Yeah. But again, he he gives the perspective of a girl being raped specifically. Yeah. Which I I think, I mean, we've seen so many examples of male church members abusing young men. Mm Mm-hmm. And those boys may not realize that they've been getting raped because they only talk about rape in the female perspective. Yeah. So
1: didn't love that. Yeah. There was like all that stuff about the boy scouts and the sexual abuse allegations. You yeah. Know? But since it's not talked about, kids just don't know. Mm-hmm. And he does talk about molestation.
0: They say, he says a molest- a molester could be a man or a woman, a stranger, or even someone, you know, well, like a babysitter. But that can also apply to rape. Yeah. Not just being molested. Yeah. It can apply to anyone. Mm -hmm. Anyone can rape. Anyone can molest. Anyway. (laughs) It's fine. So consent. Yep. So those are pretty much the main issues in the book. He does talk in his conclusion. He says a final word with young people. He says, remember that our bodies are capable of having children long before we are ready for that responsibility. Similarly, our bodies are capable of sexual relationships long before we are married and ready to take that step in our lives. But lasting happiness and joy will come only to those who keep appetites, desires, and passions within God's bounds. As you become more mature in all areas of your life, you will gain a clearer picture of what you want most. And that's usually different from what you may want now. Growing up is an exciting time and a marvelous adventure. I hope you will feel the love and support of lots of people who are pulling for you, parents and prophets, bishops and youth leaders, teachers and friends. I hope you feel my personal support too. You are loved on all sides. Most of all, I hope you will feel God's love for Heavenly Father truly knows who you are and cares about what you are going through. He will be with you every step of the way. I pray that, quote unquote, growing up will mean that you're growing closer to him and to his son, Jesus Christ. And, and then, then it ends with a terrifying picture of Jesus. Yeah, I was <laughs> going to say that.
1: It is terrifying. <laughs> I know.
0: It's really, it's kind of jarring.
1: Well, we made it. <laughs> we did. Some good stuff, some not so good stuff. Yeah.
0: I think if he had really just taken, I I get, I understand, right, logically. I understand that the whole point of this book was to be from an LDS perspective. However, as to... <laughs> Former LDS young women. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We heard shit like this the whole time we grew up. Yeah. And I can speak for myself specifically. I have been assaulted and I have been raped by current or former members Mm -hmm. of the church. That was like really heavy. But (laughs) I'm sorry. But like, that's just, that's real. I have never been assaulted or anything like that by a non-member.
1: Yeah, the few non-members that I've been with or even just like on dates with, they were way more respectful.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, And that doesn't speak for all the members that I dated, but there are a (laughs) few that I'm thinking of that were not great. Mm -mm. Yeah, no, I, I completely
0: agree. Not every single member that I went out with did those things to me, but all the people who did hurt me in that way were either currently a member or
1: had grown up in the church. Yeah. And I will say I was the only one who took accountability for the things that happened to me. So not the other party, not the other party, um, the male party. Yeah. Yeah. And he was a member. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway, anyway. Yeah, it's just, it's just funny how people are like, Oh yeah, no members, you know, date and marry a return missionary. But like, that doesn't mean shit honestly yeah i I went out with
0: a lot of return missionaries, and those were kind of the most disrespectful ones. I think if you're going to talk about anything to the youth of the church, it should be about enthusiastic consent mm-hmm. They can learn about how the body works from health professionals, yeah, and their parents should be talking to them about those things and I yes. will say in his book he does say like it's your parents' responsibility. Yeah. And whatever. If that's the case, then why did you feel the need to make this book? (laughs) Exactly. So (laughs) that was a long episode, but I... Thanks for listening. Just, yeah, I really think (laughs) that it's so strange that this man has such... (laughs) Influence. Such influence (laughs) on young people... Young men, yeah. young boys. Mm-hmm. Of the in, church. and Yeah, in and out of the church, just in mm-hmm. Utah. They yeah. don't even have to be a member, but they're still subjected to his sex talks. Why do girls in Utah schools get the sex talk from an actual health professional? Yeah. And the boys get Brad Wilcox. Yeah,
1: that's weird. Yeah.
0: Anyway, <laughs> I read that book, so y'all didn't have to. <laughs> um, you're welcome. Yep. So <laughs> thanks so much for joining us for this episode of... The FHE podcast. We are so excited that you have returned and keep (laughs) listening. (laughs) Again. Yes. Thank you for your support. Yes. Like, subscribe, (laughs) either on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts, which we are on both platforms. Mm -hmm. And also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the FHE podcast. What is our manifestation for this week? Yeah. Our manifestation is if you're listening and you have kids, (laughs) Just give them an accurate sex talk. Let's raise a new generation. Yeah. Let's (laughs) let's be a good influence on the young, impressionable minds around you Mm -hmm. about the reality of sex. And it is a responsibility that you should have. And you should be a consenting adult when that happens. However, it's irresponsible to pretend like it doesn't happen otherwise so yeah, because it will yeah it does sex education matters it does. and that's what i'm manifesting i think for the state of
1: utah the in, yeah the entire is com- state it's comprehensive listen sex i've written education. two papers about comprehensive <laughs> sex yeah. education i'm passionate about it as you should be yeah.
0: it's really important and mm-hmm. i didn't even grow up in utah i had some sex ed but not much yeah
1: No, here it's just like abstinence, Mm -hmm. and here's all the STDs. Yeah. We learned
0: about STDs, and I think maybe we learned how to put a condom
1: on vaguely. Yeah, nope. Once, but... Nothing about that.
0: So that's why manifestation...
1: Just be open. You don't have to be obsessed with talking about sex. You don't. But just... There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. Open and honest conversations. Yep. With no shaming involved. Absolutely. Because that will make it worse. Sex (laughs) should not equal shame. Exactly.
0: And... That's the that on that. so. Mic drop. Mic drop. (laughs) Anyway, well, we hope that, I mean, this episode wasn't especially horny, but we (laughs) hope that this week will be even more fruity and horny than this episode. Bye. Bye.